Hello, hello, Democrats of Greater Tucson. I'm Charlie, the Secretary of DGT. On today's podcast, we have Bill Mundell, candidate for the Arizona Corporation Commission, who spoke to us at our meeting on March 2nd. If you would like to attend our meetings, see our speakers in person, and ask them questions, you can join us at Kettle Restaurant at 22nd and I-10 almost every Monday at noon. You can also see a schedule of our upcoming speakers at our website, thedgt.org. That's T-H-E-D-G-T dot O-R-G. You can support Democrats of Greater Tucson by becoming a member of our organization. Membership is just $20 for the year. You can join us either by signing up on our website or by attending one of our meetings in person. Your support allows us to continue to be a platform for Democratic candidates and causes. Bill Mundell joined the Corporation Commission in 1999 and served that body for nine years. During his time there, he helped Arizona become one of the first states to require utility companies to generate a percentage of their energy from renewable energy sources. He is now trying to return to the commission to continue his work in this important but often overlooked body of the state government. Here's our program director, Sandy Binion, to continue Bill's introduction. Before he was with the uh, commission, Bill served at, at, in the AZ in the Arizona legislation, legislature, I'm sorry, and um, while he was, he was chair of the House Environmental Committee at the time, so you know that he's been very involved in all kinds of environmental issues, and of course the big one he's always been involved in is solar. He served on the commission from 1999 to 2008, and while he was uh, while he was on that commission, um, Arizona became one of the first states to require a percentage of electricity come from renewable uh, sources. So he's really, really been into a lot of this, and that's past this time. I'll welcome Bill. Is this, feet, is this working? Great. Yeah, I don't need it then. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. It's great to be out of the great state of Maricopa and get, and get down here to, to speak to the Democrats of Greater Tucson. Again, my name is Bill Mundell, and I'll, I thought I would tell you a little bit about myself. Larry did a great job in the, uh, the email that he sent out uh, for this meeting and uh, talking about my background, but I will add a little bit, uh, put a little uh, meat on the bones. You know, I got my start um, as a young lawyer in Chandler uh, fighting corruption uh, in the police department and the judicial uh, department in the city of Chandler. And at that time, uh, the police department, they were stopping people uh, without probable cause uh, and mainly people of color. And I got involved with my with two other lawyers, young lawyers. One of them, Socorro Morales, has passed away. But as a result of that, uh, I was appointed at age 27 as the presiding judge in, in Chandler. And I served in that capacity for six years. Uh, and then I was elected, as was noted, to the Arizona House of Representatives, where I was the chair of the House Environment Committee, where I did, in fact, sponsor numerous pieces of legislation uh, protecting uh, our environment, including the first recycling legislation in Arizona and a historic piece of legislation uh, preventing Arizona from becoming the dumping ground of the United States for hazardous waste. We, pre we prevented that from going uh, happening with my legislation. Uh, and then also had legislation, and, and a lot of this stuff now, you think about it, I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy to get through. Uh, and people like Philip Hubbard, Phil, raise your hand, Philip's a former legislator from this area, 
Uh, we met 30 years ago, but he helped me get some of this legislation passed where uh, you couldn't uh, put landfills in river bottoms. If you can believe that, we used to put landfills in river bottoms and use oil and batteries and tires and medical waste, all of that. Uh, my legislation prevented it from happening. That's why you have those uh, facilities at uh, doctor's offices and disposal at uh, hospitals where the medical waste now has to put in those disposals. Because we used to put it in the, basically in the landfills. And then my other legislation, and this may not mean a lot uh, down here, but legislation preserving the Phoenix Mountain Preserves from development and then also protecting our native plants when development occurs. So that's my background. In 1999, I was appointed by the governor to the Corporation Commission, uh, and I served in that capacity for nine years from 1999 to 2008. When I reached 2000, and I always joke back and forth with Barbara Lubin, uh, I, I was the first person to run statewide uh, on using clean election funding and win. I, I won in 2000, uh, and as was noted by Tom, um, running again as a clean election candidate, and so we need uh, over $1,505 contributions. You know, not taking any money from corporations or utilities or their lobbyists or their lawyers or their executives, but we do need that help getting the $5. Uh, having said that, um, a little bit about myself. I'm married uh, with two daughters. Um, my wife, Barbara, uh, was the first woman presiding judge in Maricopa County. Her name is Barbara Rodriguez Mundell, first Latina uh, presiding judge, or after that matter, Latino. She was first presiding judge uh, in Maricopa County, woman presiding judge. Uh, and from the day that she was sworn in, from the day that she was sworn in, uh, Joe Arpaio uh, and Andrew Thomas harassed her, harassed our family. We had unmarked cars outside our house. They even harassed uh, her 80-year-old, uh, uh, my, my father-in-law, her father, 80 years old at the time, who's a third-generation uh, Mexican-American who served in the U.S. Army and was the foreman of a steel mill. And so we fought our pile, uh, tooth and nail, and uh, Barbara will um, probably kill me for telling you this, but she was the star witness in Andrew Thomas's disbarment proceeding when he was the county attorney up in Maricopa County, and he was disbarred. And that doesn't happen very often. With a, I mean, a lot of lawyers get disbarred or disciplined, but for a district attorney or a county attorney to be disbarred, that is very, very unique. So that, that's my background. I, I'm the only male in the house now because my 14-year-old lab uh, just passed away. And so, I, like I said, my wife and two daughters. And so, you know, I, I spoke the other night in LD9, and I, I talked about the commission. And what I said was, it's been uh, called the most powerful entity in state government that most people know little or nothing about. And I said, and I use the word very carefully, entity, as opposed to agency, because it's a fourth branch of government. It's established in the state constitution. We're one of only seven states where it's established in the state constitution, and one of only 13 states where the commissioners run uh, for election. In the other 37 states, they're appointed by the governor or the legislature or a combination of those two things. So it's been called the most powerful because of the independence that the drafters of our Constitution in, in 1910 uh, were concerned about. And at that time, they were concerned about the power of monopolies. And what were the monopolies back then? The railroads, the think back in history, and Standard Oil. And so and the commission was called the Railroad Commission uh, in territorial days. And so they wanted to give the commission as much independence as they could by establishing it elected and in the state uh, constitution. And, and actually, 
um, not actually, the, the people that had, the, the groups that had some of the most uh, impact on writing the uh, state constitution were progressives and labor. A lot of people forget, Arizona was a democratic state from 1912 to the mid-60s. You know, we were a democratic state and then that all, that all changed. So we're, we're going to get back again. We're going to get back where we were, you know, in 1912 and become a democratic state again. Now, what I also tell people is if you're concerned and want to fight climate change, then you should be interested in who gets elected to the Corporation Commission. If you're concerned about dark money and want to stop it because how it's corrupted not only the Arizona Corporation Commission, but our democracy in general, then you should be interested in who gets elected to the Arizona Corporation Commission. If you're ticked off about unjust and unjustified rate increases, utility rate increases, that actually led to the death of an elderly woman in Phoenix, a number of deaths in Phoenix, then you should pay attention uh, to this race. If you think our corporations should, should treat our workers with respect and dignity, then you should pay attention uh, to this race. If you want to make sure that we have water sustainability for our kids and our grandkids, then pay attention to this race. And lastly, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, if you're concerned or if you're embarrassed about how we treated our teachers and our children when it comes to public education spending, then you should be interested in this race. And then people say, Bill, what the heck? Does the Arizona Corporation Commission have to do with public education? You know, you guys regulate utilities. Okay? I'm going to go through each one of those things that I just described, but I'll start with the last one first. If you remember two years ago, when there were commercials on TV that talked, told us how great an education governor, Governor Ducey, was, and told us that teachers really didn't need much of a raise, and they opposed with the Red for Ed, and Invest in Ed, and, S and Save Our Schools, the major contributors to those commercials were, everybody know who Pinnacle West is? Yes. They're the holding company, the parent company of APS. So the three major contributors to those anti-education commercials were Pinnacle West slash APS, the Arizona Chamber, and then don't shoot the messenger, okay? Don't, 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 don't shoot the messenger. But the Tucson Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Right. And then, who got awarded? Who got rewarded by getting appointed to the Corporation Commission? Leah. Yeah, Leah Marquez Peterson. She was appointed by Governor Ducey. Uh, I'm not saying there was a direct correlation, but um, it is interesting that you had all those commercials, you know, telling us how great a governor, Governor Ducey, was in an election year. Uh, and they were the, the, one of the three major contributors. And then all of a sudden, now she's on the commission. So that's why I say if you're concerned about public education, we will put a stop to that. We will put a stop to that kind of spending and hopefully all political spending, and we can do it. So now I'll go, I'll go back to what I was talking about earlier. If you want to fight climate change, it's the Corporation Commission that has the jurisdiction and the authority to do it. As was noted, when I was a chairman in 2001 and, and 2002, we were one of the first states in the United States to require utilities to get a percentage of their electricity generated from a renewal, solar, wind, geothermal, etc. One of the first. I'm always careful. I don't want to say the first because the lawyer in me, I guess, and the judge in me, I, want, I believe in facts and also science for that matter. You know, <laughs> even though it's out of void, even though it's not in fashion anymore, at least on one side of the aisle. Having said that, it's the commission that decides whether we have renewable energy in Arizona. It's not the legislature where I serve or the governor. 
because the commission has to approve the spending by the utilities for any uh, investment they make. And so then, it, and, and like I said, you would have thought back in 2001, it was a very small percentage. It was less than 1%. And you would have thought it was the most radical idea that you ever heard of. That 1%, we're going to 1% of our electricity uh, from renewables. Then in 2006, I co-authored the current law rule, it's a rule actually, the standard requirement in Arizona that requires our utilities to get 15% of their electricity from renewable sources by the year 225. Okay? And that was in 2006. And, and it's called, they're called, you can look it up, they're called the REST rules, the REST rules, R-E-S-T, Renewable Energy Standard Tariff. And that was a pretty darn good percentage 16 years ago when we started, because we started the rulemaking process in 2004, and by the time it was finalized and approved, 2006. And we got up to a, approximately, there's different studies, but one study indicated that we got up to number three in rooftop uh, solar installation behind California and Florida. There was a recent study that's, that said, if you can believe this, we're behind New Jersey now in rooftop solar installation. With, with, it's, yeah, it's crazy. With 330 days a year of sunshine, don't you think we should be the solar capital of the world? Shouldn't we be? Well, we'll talk about that. That's why, that's why this race is so important. That's why this race is so important. And then the unjustified uh, rate increases that we talked about. And, and as was noted, we all want uh, to have viable healthy utilities, so when it's 110 out, the electricity goes on. But what's happened is the pendulum has swung so far to the other side. In fact, the commission was established, the commission was established to protect consumers, because you don't have a choice. These are government-created monopolies with a set territory, with guaranteed, basically, customers, and so you have no choice. It's not like buying a Ford or a Chevy. And so the commission was established to protect customers against politically powerful corporations. And that's what's happened right now. The pendulum we used to, like I said, used to be the railroads and Standard Oil. Now, honestly, it's our major uh, utilities, and in particular, uh, APS uh, up north. And I know you have PDP down here in Unisource, and you have this co-ops. But it's all tied in together. <coughs> APS is the big dog, and the other utilities follow them. What they do at the commission, the other utilities follow in their foot uh, place, in the footsteps. So if they can get stuff done, to make it more difficult to install rooftop solar, the other utilities follow suit. We can talk about that in a little more detail. And then when I said we should, you want, if you want to make sure that corporations treat our workers with dignity and respect, you know, the commission regulates over 300 private water and sewer companies. They, they regulate Southwest Gas. They, re, they regulate CenturyLink, obviously, PEP, APS, the 300 private water and sewer companies, uh, and numerous other utilities. And so they obviously have, I mean, APS has over 5,000, you know, uh, employees. TEP has thousands of employees, and I know they, they you know, benefit the community here. But having said that, when we had the CenturyLink merger with Quest, CenturyLink wanted to do away with the retirement and medical benefits for the employees in the merger. In the merger. They wanted to do away with their retirement and medical benefits, retirees' benefits. And so we, when I was a commissioner, we fought that. And I, and I had an amendment in the order, in the merger order, and I said, I'm not voting for this. And back then, 
You know, we talked about the commission being in the state constitution. Why is that important? Because this crazy legislature can't tell it what to do or take away its authority. Only the people of Arizona can do that by amending the Constitution. Because obviously in the, in the in governance, you got the Constitution, the highest, then you got statutes, then you have rules, and then you have policy. So only the people of Arizona, only the people of Arizona can take away the authority of the commission or expand, expand it. And they've done, they've done that. When I was first appointed to the commission, in 1999, there were only three commissioners statewide. There were only three. And then the commission was, uh, the, the people of Arizona voted to expand it to five. And so there's now five commissioners. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But now there's five commissioners statewide. And, and if you can believe this, in, in the era of uh, Uber and Lyft, at one time, the, the commission regulated bus routes and taxi fares, etc. And the people of Arizona said, no, no, we have enough competition now. We have enough competition now. We don't need the, the commission to regulate, you know, buses and taxis anymore. And I, and I, and like I said, it was, a, the commission was established to uh, protect captive customers from monopolies. And there's, all, in my opinion, and maybe there's a third one, but if somebody can think of one, tell me. But there's really two ways to protect customers, two ways to have the, you know, assertive, uh, ongoing oversight of monopolies by the corporation commissioners, or to have vigorous and robust competition. You, you need one or the other, or or or, or customers are going to get gouged, and that's what's been happening because there's been no oversight by the commission uh, in the last uh, eight years. Now I talked about dark money, and Tom mentioned it, and I was going to mention it, but he mentioned so I won't go into great detail. But I, but I call uh, Commissioner Kennedy. And Commissioner Kennedy is the uh, is the chair of my campaign. She encouraged me to run again. I said, "Okay." Talked to my wife. I said, "Okay, I'm going to do I'm going to do it. I'll do it one one more time, maybe a last hurrah here, because uh, I want to get back to the commission uh, and bring back integrity and honesty and ethics that were there when I was there." And and so what I talk about is you know Commissioner uh, Ken Kennedy and Tom mentioned it, ten point seven million dollars was spent in 2014 to beat her when she ran for election. When Tom and I ran, they spent $10.1 million in 2016. And Tom and I are actually winning until the last couple weeks. And because we, we've seen the, the polls, we've seen the internal polls, because Commissioner Kennedy, one of the first things she did when she got elected in, in uh, January of this year, issued a subpoena because commissioners are like judges. They have subpoena power, and they can take depositions, and they can get, gather evidence. But the Republican commissioners did everything they could to stonewall having to have the evidence and the facts come to light. Commissioner Kennedy issued a subpoena, and I've seen the emails. I've seen the text messages now. We've, there have been articles about it, but now we know they spent the 10.7 to beat her and the 10.1 to beat uh, Tom and I. And I was quoted in the New Times up in Phoenix, and I said... Uh, APS was, is a political machine masquerading as a public utility. That, and the reason I said that was because when you see these emails and these texts, they were talking about how many signs they needed in Tucson, how many, the CEO and the executives. I don't know how they, had, when they had time to run the utility. Uh, and so they, they were, they said, we need more signs in Tucson. We need more signs in Mesa. We need more signs in Gilbert. Uh, this is the executives of, 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 of the utility. 
And so uh, we're going to put it, we're going to put an end to that. Uh, and we can the dark money spending. Uh, the Public, Public Utilities Commission in Michigan, and for those of you, I don't, most of you lived in Arizona a long time, but I always tell people I'm speaking to a new group. And in fact, I was speaking halfway to LA the other day uh, to, a, to a new subdivision uh, development uh, in Phoenix, and I won't name the name to embarrass them, but I had a group like this, and I said, Does everybody know what the Corporation Commission is and what it does? And maybe one hand went up. So then I said, okay, tell me where you're from. And they, you know, they shouted out Michigan and California and Oregon. So I said, well, in those other states, it's called the Public Utilities Commission, or the Public Service Commission. So then they, you know, then they understood what I was what I was talking about. So the Public Utilities Commission in Michigan has banned political spending by their big utilities, the equivalent of APS and TEP, et cetera. They did it. We can do it. We can do it if we get Democrats elected in November. Now let's talk about that a little bit. And if there's any, well, I guess take questions at the end. Um, I'm going to give you five numbers, okay? So then we'll have a we'll have a quiz in a second. <laughs> so pay attention. Five, four, three, two, one. All right? There are five commissioners, as I indicated earlier, statewide. There are four Republicans right now in the commission. There are three spots open this November for the Corporation Commission. We've got to win at least two, and we certainly want to win all three, so we can make Sandra Kennedy the chair of the commission. Don't you think? Yeah. Make her the chair. And if you've got some you know, spare time and you know, get the beverage of your choice and go on the commission website and go to archives, and you can watch open meetings, and you can watch Commissioner Kennedy cross-examining the executives of the utilities. That hasn't been done in years. Where the, where the commissioner was actually doing their job and not rubber stamping every rate increase request that a utility puts in front of them. And that's what's been happening with these four Republican uh, commissioners. And then one, one, there's only one statewide state office race this year. We obviously have the race for Mark Kelly for the U.S. Senate on the federal level, and we want to beat Mark McSally. But on the state level, this is it. The Corporation Commission is it. There's no race for governor, attorney general, secretary of state, mine inspector, public instruction, treasurer. Did I miss any? I think I got them all. I think I got them all. There's no other statewide race other than the Corporation Commission, these three seats. And so I think that's helpful because there'll be more attention on this race from the media. And rightly so in those other races when there's a race for governor or a race, you know, for attorney general. They, they, I won't say rightly so, they just have because, again, most people don't know how the Corporation Commission impacts your lives. They really don't. And then I talk about water sustainability. The Commission regulates over 300 private water and sewer companies, mostly in rural Arizona and then on the outskirts of Maricopa County and Pima County. Those are private water companies. And the commission has the authority. When I was on the commission, uh, we we had a big. There was a big development uh, north of Kingman, where this the developer had this idea that he was going to build this gigantic development outside of Kingman, and the, you know people are going to live there and drive to um, Vegas to work. I'm just saying. And what we said was, well, you're not going to use groundwater. 
for artificial lakes. You're not going to use groundwater for ornamental features, uh, and you're going to impose dramatic um, conservation measures. Commission did that. You got you got to live. You know, you got to do what you have authority to do. We can't. We can't. We don't have zoning or, uh, uh, jurisdiction, so it was zoned by by that county, and it was going to be developed. But we could put restrictions on the type of water use uh, that they could use if, in fact, it, that that development came to fruition. We did the same thing up in Pine and Strawberry, where they were having. They didn't even have enough water for their current uh, residents, especially at, at Labor Day and Memorial Day in July Fourth. And they wanted to have more hookups to the private water company. We said, you can't, you don't even have enough water for your existing customers. We're not going to let you hook up uh, new customers until you figure out some conservation me uh, measures and implement some so that you have enough water for not only your existing customers, but if you want to have new customers. And so there's certain things the commission can do. That's why I said, you know, if you're concerned about water sustainability. I mean, obviously, the, 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 the state agency that has jurisdiction is the Department of Water Resources. But I call, it's not really concurrent jurisdiction, but it's secondary on some of these things. I didn't even talk about power plants. The commission decides where power plants are built in Arizona and if power plants are built in Arizona and what type of power plants are built in Arizona. Is it a coal plant? Is it a natural gas plant? It is, a, is it a solar array? The commission decides that. Uh, and then the commission also decides where the big transmission lines are put, over 69 kV. It's, it's not the county, it's not the city, it's not the legislature, it's the corporation commission decides what type of power plants we build in Arizona. So that's why I say if you're concerned about fighting the climate crisis, you really need to pay attention uh, to this race because well, you will have a dramatic impact uh, going forward. And, and what I've said is, like I told you earlier, the 15% was a pretty good percentage. 16 years ago, it needs to be dramatically increased. Dramatically. Commissioner Commissioner Kennedy has a plan calling for 50% by the year 228. It's called, we, we, we call it the CREST rules. You know, we, with a K. The ones I wrote were the REST rules, hers are the CREST rules with a K. So we're going to be pushing hard and we got to get elected. we got to get Democrats elected so we can get that uh, implemented in Arizona. So having said that, uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, my website is mundell2020.com, Facebook, Bill Mundell for Corporation Commission. I also tweet. You can follow me on Twitter. We need your help, especially with getting $5 contributions. I also have Anna Tovar's uh, petition and uh, Shea Stanfield's. It's on the, the same uh, petition that's going around behind mine. They're there. So if you get a chance, I'm um, helping them get signatures also because we need to get 8000 I mean, it's it's quite an effort when you talk to when when I tell people that, especially a clean election campaign at this point where we have very little funding. So, anything, uh, Larry? Time for questions? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll start out right here. Bill, if I remember from one of your previous talks that I've heard, mm -hmm. SRP isn't under the auspices of the commission. Can you tell us why? Okay. SRP, everybody knows that it stands for Salt River Project. SRP is Salt River Project. It's got almost the same amount of customers, a million plus customers, uh, that uh, APS has, a million plus. Um, it is considered a quasi-municipality, quasi. Uh, as I said, remember I said the commission regulates 300 private water and sewer companies? 
we don't regulate the city of Chandler, uh, how much they charge their customers, the city of Tucson, how much they charge their customers for water or sewer. So if it's a municipality, you know, it's governed by the mayor and the city council of that jurisdiction. So since statehood, prior to statehood, SRP is considered a quasi-municipality and it would take a change in state law to put them under the jurisdiction of the commission for rates and for solar installation, rooftop solar. But the commission does have, and it's a, I'll use a legal word, bifurcated, split. The commission has a split authority with SRP because the commission does in fact regulate where they build power plants, what kind of power plants they build, and where they can put their transmission lines. So it's a split authority, but the commission does not decide uh, their rates or um, whether they have rooftop solar in their territory. What's ironic about it is their rates are about 20% less than APS's rates. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Because again, the commissioners have not been doing their job. You know, and I, you don't always have to vote for a rate increase every time you get an application. When I was on the commission before, I voted to reduce rates for TEP. I voted to reduce rates for APS. But it takes commissioners that are diligent, that are scrutinizing the evidence, looking at the books and records of these corporations, and making informed, intelligent decisions, not just rubber stamping every request, like I said, that come, is put in front of them. And that's what's happening. And I call it a cycle of corruption. I call it a cycle of corruption because they, they spent this 10 million bucks to beat Tom and I and Sandra. They then get more revenue. They then turn around and invest in the next election and get the commissioners they want elected to the commission who then rubber stamp the next rate increase and the cycle of corruption or undue influence continues. And that's what's happened. There are two ways to fill a bathtub. One is to turn on the faucet more and the other is to put a plug in the drain. Um, our houses, many of them, hundreds of thousands, are uh, energy sieves. Um, will you do anything to require TEP to support conservation efforts? Uh, certainly, in fact, I did when I was on the commission before. The inside baseball term is energy efficiency. You have energy efficiency. Right now, it's at 22 percent, meaning that they have to re they had to reduce the utilities had to reduce their electric use uh, by a certain percentage. You pick a date, a ba uh, uh, base mark, uh, and then reduce it from there. Um, I, I wish I could take credit for this, but one of my colleagues said that uh, the cheapest electricity is that electricity which doesn't have to be built. Because who pays for all these power plants that are built? It's the it's the you guys, the consumer, because that's how rates are set for government created monopolies. Because they don't compete. The way they make money is if they invest in infrastructure, whether it's a power plant, whether it's a transmission line, whether it's a substation, whether it's the line to your house, uh, they then get to come to the commission and ask for uh, what's called a rate of return on their investment and then the rates go up. So they have an incentive to keep building things, right? That's why they want to make it very difficult to invest in rooftop solar, because if homeowners are investing in it, that means they're not having to invest in new power plants, which then lets them turn around and raise rates. That's how, that's kind of, that's how rates are set for monopolies. With whatever they invest in, constitutionally, they are allowed to come and ask 
for an increase in rates based on their investment if the, re if the investment is reasonable and prudent. So back to your question, certainly there's a proposal right now to increase it to 33% because the 22% is going to end. And, and let me just say this, let, let me just say this, if, if I ask you all today, don't you think we should increase that 15% that I co-authored in 2016? Don't you think we should increase that percentage for renewable energy? I, I mean, I bet you every one of you would say yes, right? Don't you think we should increase that 22% for energy efficiency to some number? And I don't know what the magic number is. I know that we need to go forward and, and, and increase it again uh, because then we're not burning fossil fuel uh, to create electricity that we need. And, and so let me just tell you this. The four Republican commissioners, well, I shouldn't say the four, a, a number of the Republican commissioners, they want to do away with the requirement, the 15%. They don't even want to increase it. They want to make it a goal. Well, I can tell you, it ain't happening if it's a goal. I was on the commission when it was a goal. That's why we moved to the requirement, where we order the these utilities to do things they might not otherwise want to do. Again, commissioners are like judges. We order you to get 15% of your electricity from renewables by 225 or whatever we pick. And so not only do they want to do uh, make it a goal, they want to make the energy efficiency the question you asked me, they don't want to make it a requirement, which it is now, the 22% reduction. They want to make it a goal. That's what we're up against. It's, it's pretty clear cut. And so we got our work cut out for us, uh, you know, and we're going to win it. We're going to win it. We're going to win in November and, and change it. Yes, another, another question. Could you comment on the attempt by the governor to uh, have a constitutional amendment, which is what it would have to be, to make the commission appointed rather than elected as it is in the present constitution. And uh, by the way, any initiative would require, they're also trying to have any initiative not just have a certain number of signatures statewide, they have to have an equivalent number of signatures in every county in the state which makes it almost impossible to collect signatures. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on um, down at the commission. And that's why I said earlier, this crazy legislature can't take away the authority of the commission. I said that you know, when I was speaking earlier, and that's the same thing with what you mentioned. It's, it's going to be an HCR if it gets through the legislature. It can't be just, it's not just a law signed, you know, by, signed by the governor. It's gonna, it has to go to the ballot for a vote of the people if they're going to take away uh, having elected commissioners and make them appointed. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible, and I, and I talked about, you know, the framers of our state constitution in 1912 and why the commission was established and why the commissions were elected and why it's in the constitution, et cetera, et cetera, to give commissioners independence from governors and legislatures. They had seen what had happened back east in the Gilded Age, in the 1890s, and the robber barons and who controlled the commissions, the appointed commissions. So our framers and most of the western states said, we don't want appointed commissioners, we want elected commissioners. So it's a terrible idea. I'm glad you asked me that question because I forgot to mention it. I had it in my notes to mention it. And then I, there's so much to talk about, but it's, it's a really bad idea. And what's, what's, what's ironic about it is... It's the corruption, and they know we're on the cusp of electing a Democratic majority. They're running scared. They know we got Commissioner Kennedy elected. You know, we got you know Katie Hobbs elected. We got the superintendent. They know we're right on the cusp of winning and getting majority on the commission. So they're doing what they can uh, to stop that. And what's even more ironic 
I, 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 made, I, I went back as far as I could remember, because I was on the commission in 99. The Republicans have controlled the commission since 1998. So they created the mess. You know, they, they started the fire, and now they want credit for putting it out with this proposal. It is absurd. It's a terrible idea. Tom, I, Larry, you to... So if we're going to solve the climate crisis, we sort of need to stop building new fossil plants. And yet TEP is currently constructing fossil gas peaker plants. And they're in the process of buying a fossil gas power plant. And the way things have worked, that puts the ratepayers at risk for what we hope will become stranded assets because we certainly need to shut them down before their natural lifetimes. So what would it take to make the utility investors be at risk for these stranded assets instead of the ratepayers? Well, there's a couple things. I mean, uh, obviously, if they build it and, and without approval or the commission says it's not a reasonable and prudent investment because they can get electricity cheaper from solar or wind, that, that's one of the standard regulatory rules. It's got to be reasonable and prudent investment. Uh, and if it's not, and one of the things you look at is costs, the commission could deny uh, letting them put that in rate base, number one. And number two, as we talked about earlier, they have a big incentive, not just TEP, but all these utilities to invest in infrastructure uh, because they, they get, then they get to come to the commission and ask for a rate increase. So again, it, it comes down to the commissioners that are elected. I mean, I turned down uh, power plants. We had a power plant up that was proposed up near the Big Sandy, uh, south of Kingman. And it was going to drain uh, the aquifer, the Big Sandy, you know, one of the last free-flowing rivers. You got San Pedro, but and we turned it down. I turned, we voted it down, and we were under a lot of political pressure not to, and we did anyway uh, because a it was going to, you know, drain the Big Sandy. We had another uh, application when I was on the commission to have a power plant uh, outside of uh, Toltec, uh, not only a power plant but transmission lines. And it had just been designated as a national monument by President Clinton, you know, a few years earlier. And I said, well, we're not going to, I'm not going to, we're not going to put a power plant and a transmission line right next to a national monument. I mean, it'd be like putting it next to the Grand Canyon. I mean, so you got to, I mean, the bottom line about Robert, you got to have commissioners that have the backbone to stand up to politically powerful utilities. That's why they spent the money. I didn't even, to beat Sandra Kennedy and then to beat Tom and I, because we had a history of standing up to them as a commissioner. I had a history of doing that. I mean, I'll listen to the evidence. That's my job as a commissioner, like a judge. Let me listen to the evidence, and then I will make an informed, intelligent decision, what I think is in the best interest of the consumers, uh, the people of Arizona, not just the utilities. And that hasn't been happening since Commissioner Kennedy uh, left uh, you know, in 2000, uh, January of 2015. And now she's back, and if you, like I said, if you watch what she's been doing, uh, putting the, the, the other four commissioners kind of in a box, and they've got to respond to her. Because otherwise, nothing would be getting done. And she's only one vote. All right, we're out of time, but let's give a big round of applause. Thank you, Bill Mundell. That's all for today's DGT podcast. Next week, our guest will be Sharon Bronson from the Pima County Board of Supervisors. Remember that we may not always be able to record our meetings, so if you absolutely don't want to miss it, you can attend our meetings in person at Kettle Restaurant at noon. Finally, here's one last reminder that you can support us by becoming a member of Democrats of Greater Tucson by going to our website. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.